Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is Jordan Halstead. I am coming at you guys with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but I'm not coming in alone today. I've got Micah and not one, but two guests, special guests with us today. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is Todd and Gavin. Guys, thank you for joining us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Okay, so I got to start, and I'm going to start with Gavin. Gavin, what got you into the nerd world? What's your favorite part of this community? You know, what what areas do you typically hang out in? What what got you into this? Um, I think my introduction to the nerd world was probably just watching movies with my dad, um, like Star Wars and Marvel. I think Lord of the Rings, watching those. Um, I, I that just kind of got me started into it. That got me started in the world when I wasn't super into it yet. Now I am, but yeah. That kind of is my story too. My dad raised me. Um, I was born in 95, so way before you were born. Um, but but with some of that, like I was raised on A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and things like that. So I definitely relate to what you're saying of my dad raised me with some of those. So what about you, Todd? What got you into the nerd world? Uh, probably uh, probably A New Hope, Star Wars movie. Um, that's the first thing I can remember, I guess, that that kind of uh, just kind of sparked my interest in, in, uh, in science fiction. And, you know, that's it's a little bit broader scale, it seems, in a way. But uh, yeah, that was that was probably the yeah, introduction for me. So, who's your favorite character in A New Hope? Uh, well, if you would have asked, uh, let's see, probably like ten year old me or something, it probably would have been Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and um, now, as an adult, as an adult, well, see, it's hard though once you get through all the rest of it just to answer that. Point time. Oh gosh. Uh, as long as it's not C-3PO, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, not a droid. Yeah. I could have swore he was going to say Han Solo. That's where I, I felt like he was going to say Han as well. I would say, yeah. Well, Han over over Luke at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, I don't know. Maybe Darth Vader even. I might go with that. Yeah. Solid pick. Dark side. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. And so we're talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So I want to start with what was your original thought going into this film? This is what, 27, 28 in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we've been at this for well over 10 or this is what, 14 years in now. And so, yeah. I mean, all these films, we've been doing all this, this conversation of, okay, this character is getting brought in this character. This is their, I mean, you name it. This is their, their fifth, sixth, seventh outing. Um, this is their second or third outing. This is, you know, new characters, old characters, everybody's coming in. So what were your guys' thoughts with all the rumors that were going around, getting ready for this, you know, especially coming off of No Way Home? What were your guys' thoughts about this? And let's go ahead and start with Gavin. Um, so I'm a really big Doctor Strange fan. I love the first movie. I think he's great in any content that they've released with him in so far. But um, I was expecting it to be really great because, well, Doctor Strange and Sam Raimi directing it. Oh, yeah. And, even like Danny Elfman doing the music, I was just really hoping that it would be. A good <laughs> you made Micah happy. Nailed it. Talking about that not long ago. So absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, a little side tangent, right? So Sam Raimi did the 2000 Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and Danny Elfman also did that score. So they worked together 22 years ago on that first Spider-Man film, which I thought was really, really um, a cool piece. Which cool. really, I know X-Men kind of started things and even Blade. But I feel like the pinnacle of starting the superhero genre was was Spider-Man. And to have these guys come back together, that's that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
and even at that, like, um, there were a lot of rumors going around about, you know, like, oh, every single person ever, every person who's ever been in a Marvel movie is coming back for this. And um, at first I was kind of buying into those, but as time was going on, there were just so many different, like, quote rumors from unreliable sources that I realized that it wasn't going to be quite on the scale. And even yeah. then the movie, it was so much smaller scale than anything I was expecting. Yeah, I, I know that for me, when I was going in, I heard, oh, Deadpool's going to show up. Oh, you've got, I mean, so many different characters from all these films. You've got, I mean, you've got the entire X-Men universe. You've got the original Spider-Man. You've got this, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man series. You've got Blade. You've got all these Fantastic Four. You've got so many different, like, non-MCU films that you could go in and bring anybody. And the, the characters they chose, and we'll get to those guys later, like, that was just a different choice. And so, like, there, I mean, this movie could have been Endgame plus some, like, on, on their on their casting. And I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. But, Todd, what, what were your thoughts going into this film? You know, I, I really didn't do much reading or I didn't even try to watch a lot of previews. So I was kind of coming in uh, mostly blind, which was nice. Um, you know, sometimes you, you, you get too much background work into it and then you don't, you know, sometimes it just doesn't meet expectations in some way or another. But I really enjoyed coming into this somewhat fresh. Just, Absolutely. I mean, somewhat fresh, but I mean, you know, seeing the, seeing the, uh, the, the Disney series and things that kind of led up to it that, kind of provide that background once you're in the movie. But yeah, other than that, I didn't do any extra research or anything. So it's really funny that you said that uh, our guy, Will, who shows up on a, a lot of our episodes, he actually went in completely blind. Like he said, I don't want to watch trailers. I don't want to know anything about this film. I want to walk in with such like fresh eyes that I'm going to be blown away by everything. And he <laughs> someone went and spoiled something for him literally like the week right before they're like, Oh, did you see the trailer with Professor X? And he's like, oh my gosh. And like he sends this video to our group chat and he's just like, his whole world just shattered. And and what did Alicia say, Micah? Um, in like you guys were to... you guys were like in the grocery store or something like that to the to the video. Like, what did she say to that? She's she's like, who is that? <laughs> she's she's like, who's yelling on your phone? And I'm like, it's just Will because somebody's ruined Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness for him. Keep in mind, I think to Jordan, he also said that he um he wanted to do this like for future Marvel movies, like he want or or DC projects where he doesn't want to watch a single trailer. Uh, he just wants to go in completely, you know, fresh and and you know, completely yeah, blind to what's going on. Walking out of his Wednesday showing because he got a very very early showing. Lucky. He said, "Yeah, I know, right?" He, he did said, that with the Batman too. Yeah, I don't know how he gets it. I think it's because he's in a uh, capital for Indiana. He's in Indiana. He was in Indianapolis. So. Yeah. So, with all that, you know just that mentality of being able to walk in. I was like, I kind of want to do that now. Like that's, yeah. that's something that I want to do, but I've already seen the Thor love and thunder trailer. So the next one would be what Wakanda forever, the black Panther so. film that in November. So when that one all drops, I'm just going to kind of shut down. I, and I think that would be a fun one to do since Chadwick Boseman's gone. And like, just to have no idea where they're going to take that film. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Michael, what were your thoughts just going into this film? Man, I really didn't know what to expect. And then, um, it's funny because on other podcasts we've talked about, you know, different series, Disney plus series and Marvel projects, Marvel movies. And like, I'm so glad that, you know, I was an avid fan and have watched and watched and watched again, WandaVision because there was a lot of callback in this, this movie to that. And, you know, um, to be honest with you, 
like nobody really knew who the villain was going to be in this movie, right? Like I think I think they did a deceptive job of marketing this movie. Like, and if you were somebody who read stuff on the internet, saw stuff that Marvel was posting, saw all the trailers, like you would have never, ever guessed that Wanda was going to be the villain in this movie. And when that scene, when she just turns that beautiful apple, you know, orchard into like the devil's playground, essentially, like when it just kind of just did this, you know, like how, like a panoramic shot, like I was, I looked at my wife and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like this. Yeah. So did you, when, when that, that scene took place, did that feel very reminiscent of the, uh, the reality stone from, yes. from infinity war when like, yep. when he like snaps his fingers and like things just start to melt away. I was like, that feels very reminiscent. And I, I enjoyed yeah. that. I liked it. Um, but, but as far as the marketing piece, like I was very deceived, like to what Gavin was saying about, um, there was several rumors that this movie was going to be over three hours long, that there was going to be more cameos than Avengers Endgame, more uh, more cameos than you know Infinity War. Like it, it was supposed to be like, like you said, Jordan. You know, um, Deadpool was supposed to show up. All the X Men were going to show up. You know, all the Avengers. Like there was rumor that Tom Cruise was going to play a variant of um, of Iron, Iron Man, Man. and yeah. like something that I was very you know, and we can get into this in, in a few minutes, but like. We're going to do it now because, you know, it's, it's our podcast. Yeah. It's, we, we do what we want. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was pretty disappointed. This is just, you know, my, my honest assessment of the movie. Like, I don't think they did a great job of bridging the gap between Loki and multiverse of madness and no way home and multiverse of madness and WandaVision. Like out of the three, I just mentioned four, including what if, what if, and WandaVision were, were the best represented in this film of bridging that gap of telling that story of like, you know, I know we're not going to get Kane the Conqueror right now, but like they teased him pretty heavily in Loki, right? They they really kicked off the multiverse in Loki, and I really wanted more of that story to be told, and I don't feel like it was. I don't know if you well, guys feel that way, but like I just I want more back. of that. Okay, I'm going to push back because I, I don't think that we're ready for Kang yet. And the no, reason- I, I'm not saying Kang. I'm just saying more of the multiverse story itself. But but let, let's let's take a step back for a second. So last year you got Wandavision which really didn't do too much multiverse until you got to that last little section where she's got the dark hold. She's on the orchard farm and you hear mom. And like, you just, you hear the kids and then you go in and talking to the winter soldier didn't touch on the multiverse. You get into Loki and Loki got pretty heavy into it and trying to, to start that storytelling because we haven't had that yet. That's, that's not, that's not something that the multiverse has not been touched in Marvel yet yeah um like with any of the film i mean the first three phases dealt with the infinity war and the infinity saga and all the stones and all that which they even bring back with loki when they've got the desk drawer full of the stones which i thought was a great touch um paperweight yeah the paperweights um i love i love the little nods like that but you're you're gonna have to slowly step this one in because you've got people who uh like my wife who i don't care about the the multiverse like that that it's too much on my mind. And for me, I read comics. So for so when I go in, I'm like, I understand the multiverse. I even have used it uh, when I teach Sunday school. I'm like, hey, so, you know, you have to have this mindset, like kind of like this or this. And if you understand this and they're like, you're such a nerd. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've got a podcast called Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. So have some fun with that. But when when you don't understand it, you have to slowly kind of help people walk to that. And I think you can't just jump from no way home 
into Multiverse of Madness and just have everybody expect it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and on the flip side of that, Jordan, I think that, you know, as a nerd, as somebody who wants more and wants more and wants more, like, I wanted more of this film, but I thought one of my things that we did like on a preview, spring preview episode, you know, a while back was, I sure hope they don't get too crazy with this movie, trying to overdo it with the multiverse. Yeah. And I think that's probably why they cut, you know, the 40, extra 40 you know, plus 45 minutes, minutes yeah. 50 minutes of this film. They didn't get too crazy with the multiverse. They kind of just continued to just touch on it. Like you didn't say anything about No Way Home, but they kind of did the same thing with No Way Home. I thought, but I thought No Way Home did a better job of explaining multiverse than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But, you know, we're get, we're just getting started into this whole idea of what multiverse is. And... Well, and to be honest, we know what the end is going to be if you know your comic books. It's going to be yep. Secret Wars. Secret Wars yep. is the ultimate goal that we're we're eventually going to get to. And so and I think you're going to get lay... more as we go forward with this whole conversation of multiverse. And I think I think like not like the grand finale, but like the eclipse of it, I think is when we get to Ant-Man and Quantumania. I think it's really going to just bust wide open when we get to that. Yeah, I I think that Thor Love and Thunder will will touch one area. Black uh, Panther, Wakanda Forever will go another. And then when we get to Quantumania, which is the next slated film. Yeah, I think I think I think I think the gates will just bust wide open. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and and move uh, to the next question. And it's kind of like one of those. I don't I was reading a bunch of reviews and uh, Gavin, I actually read your review and I am so impressed with your review of this film because how old are you? 13, 13. I thought like a 20 year old was writing that just the, the he, way that he, you he knows it. more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I sat back and I'm like, wow, like this dude knows his stuff and like you handled it so well. And I, I I'm going to slap your uh, your review onto our Facebook page if you don't mind, because I just I think that you handled that awesome. And it actually inspired me because I, I pre-screen these for my my teenagers. And so I started actually doing some of the same thing uh, with a spoiler free kind of review with it. Um, so but, you know, as, as you kind of reviewed, who did you like more, Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange? I mean, I'm just going to have to go with Doctor Strange because I, I just really like him as a character. Um but Scarlet Witch, I think this is the first time where I've like actually enjoyed her in a Marvel, like a Marvel, um, like more MCU content. I I feel like they've never really done much with her. Like even in WandaVision, I don't, I didn't really feel any sort of connection watching that. But I think seeing her as a villain brought out a different side of her and it explained a whole different side of her character, which just hasn't been touched on yet. So I'm, I'm going to play off that real quick. Do you like the fact that a hero can become the villain? Did you like the way that they flipped her character? Because if we're, Mike and I are big Dark Knight fans and we love the whole you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And and do you do you like the way that they've handled her with that? Like, like, what are your thoughts of how they did that that turnaround? Yeah, I I was not expecting it at all. I really like that. And the Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies if not my favorite movie <laughs> yeah but i think i i had no idea i thought gargantos was going to be the villain of this just from the paragraph that i had read before it but yeah really I, was not at all. I liked it yeah so so i didn't i didn't think that that he was going to be there i thought it was going to be a multiverse strange like sinister strange or like the zombie strange like that's where i thought i thought it would be kind of a um and, and kind of a Rick and Morty kind of feel. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but they've got like the Citadel of Rick. And so like 
I thought maybe there'd be like this multiversal grouping of Doctor Stranges that come together and like you just have like a bad guy Stranges, like a small group of like bad guys. And I was like, OK, that'll be kind of where it's at. But yeah, they, they definitely misled me. Well, they heavily teased that in the, the trailers. Yeah. Like yeah, well, the, the whole the whole part where, you know, Strange is going, things just got out of hand and it looks like he's getting ready to fight himself. And even the Illuminati thing where they were like, you know, the biggest enemy or the biggest threat to the universe is you. It's yeah. like <laughs> same thing with what if, like, right? They he did basically battle himself in that episode and he kept reliving, you know, his his uh, love interest death. But, you know, they, you know, to what Gavin's saying, like they teased that, but they didn't go there. So, Micah, who was your favorite, Doctor Strange or Scarlet Witch? And I feel like that's a stupid question to ask you because I know who you like more. But it's it's still, I mean, you waited how many years for for Doctor Strange two and like yeah, you love Elizabeth Olsen. So th- I feel like you're a little bit more conflicted, but I still feel like I know the answer. Uh, it was Wong. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Wong answer. I, I feel like Wong got gypped in this movie. I think you know. I feel like we should have got more Wong. He is the Sorcerer Supreme, even on you know, technicality. You you and I, we talked about this, and I still stand with the point that Wong is not as necessary for this film. I feel like I he's going to be the guy that's just going to get sprinkled in. He was in Shang-Chi. He was in yep. all the the anything post-Doctor Strange and the Avengers. Like he, He's in that stuff. I don't think that he was necessary to the story the same way that some of the other characters were. And I feel like if you would have put him in more, you would have pulled away from some of the storytelling. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think, But to answer your question... Um, it's obviously Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda. Like I knew it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, an outlandish statement that I was going to make. Um, you know, Heath Ledger became the Joker. He became that character, and some would argue that his mental illness, as a result of playing that character, you know, ultimately led to his his tragic death. Um, I mean, there's no proof in that, but like, I mean, mental illness. The Joker character was mentally ill. Like, I mean. Hello. Um, but all that to say, he became that character. Um, I feel like Elizabeth Olsen is the same. Yeah. I feel like with her playing Scarlet Witch and uh, Wanda Maximoff, like she is just acting on another level. Like if you go back and watch like Age of Ultron or Civil War or any of those films early on, like she was still pretty young. She's she's like a year or two younger than you know, I am. I would and I would even say this is kind of like Captain America first, Civil War. You know, like there were so many other characters that she's really it's, it's a title like, more than it from is Infinity War to now for that like, character. It's it's incredible. So like obviously I'm gonna pick Scar- Scarlet Witch with this question. Um even though you know it's a Doctor Strange film and some would argue that it was this a Doctor Strange film, was this a Wanda film? Um but yeah sure yeah they yes. didn't nerf them at all and yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And so one one other thing I want to say really quick was that they did oh, yeah. such a good job. There was that I moment I, the I, I sat the in the like on the edge solid. of my seat. I was like, um, oh, it's making both real. Wanda like, like and Strange look really, really strong. Like they looked incredibly strong with their powers and the way that they correct. And and Wanda like that first scene where she just goes in and just annihilates everything. Like oh my goodness, it. Yeah, and same thing with. Yeah, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, <laughs> that I went to high school with, his name's Matt. Shout out to Matt. He um, 
went and saw it and he posted on his Facebook the next day. He's like, I want to thank the Marvel Cinematic Universe for making my back act up because I Todd, sat what about so you? Tense Who did you like so more, Doctor Strange or Scarlet Witch? Like from start uh, to you end, know, that's, it's I kind of a tough question. I really like the development with both Which, of those characters. Back to the this. marketing thing, they did such um, a good job. Of, I'm going to have to go with the Scarlet Witch though because I, mean, I, I kind of feel like she finally got her hallway scene, Rogue One hallway scene, where you know her power and her fighting ability just really came to what. She was kind of rumored to be, but you never really saw it play out. Uh, I think that the, the second closest demonstration that may have been like in, um, um, I think it was Endgame, where she kind of gets Thanos, you know, starts kind of working him over, and then, um, you know, she gets interrupted. But you know, she has all those all those powers, and, and they've kind of used her in different ways within you know the, the shows and the movies. But she finally kind of just you know kind of getting to see her power and and. Uh, yeah, and I, I like I like her duality. I like kind of the development into into uh, Scarlet Witch and and kind of how that played out. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of one of those moments where I'm like, I want to say Strange because for me, I just I love Doctor Strange, uh, but also Scarlet Witch. She just brought her a game, like th this whole movie, like because coming off of Endgame where you go in and you see her shooting right at him and like. If he didn't call in the the rain hellfire, like, but sir, it's gonna kill our no do it. Like he knew he if he didn't pull that move, he'd have been annihilated right then and there. And to see her step in and be the villain, I was like, oh, it's gonna get real. And it's it's gonna get really nasty here in a little bit. Um yeah, I I they were both fantastic and and I'm pulling the will here and I I'm not choosing one. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say both. I, I thought they were just both great. Um so which Doctor Strange did you guys like most? And Mike, I'm going to start with you. Uh, did you like R616 Strange? Did you like the, I think it was 813 or 8 whatever, the like the flashbacks when they when they dusted him with or on Titan? Did you like the, the Zombie Strange? Did you like Defender Strange? Which I know they're the same, but the representation of them. Did you like Sinister Strange? Which, which Strange did you like best on the screen? I think the original going back, going back to what I said in the last question, like, I think the, the one that we saw going into the film and the reason why is again, I think that they did such a great job of making both him and Wanda look so strong in this film. Um, that first scene when he's, you know, running through the multiverse in his dream. And then even um, when it becomes, well, that reality, would have been defender strange. No, I know. I know. Just, oh, oh, okay. Because he saw it. Yes. He's dreaming it. Right. And so like, uh, when when it becomes a reality, and then like when he goes to the wedding, uh, at the towards the beginning of the movie, like you know they do again when he becomes you know what are they at like the wedding reception or whatever, and he's talking to her, and then all of a sudden that happens, and it becomes whatever in the current reality. But like it just everything from his cape to how he's kind of mastered his powers at this point because he's been doing it for so long. I think they just did such a good job of making him look strong, and um. We've talked about it in other shows or episodes, but like how they sprinkled him in, I feel like it was his time to shine in this movie. I know it was his movie, but like it was just a as a culmination, showcasing all of his powers um, in this film. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I will say this though: when he like just pulls the cape and immediately like stranges up, kind of situation, like he just like just full on cape. I'm like, now I understand why some of the superheroes could get away with secret identities 
because if mm-hmm. you don't know and they just like out of nowhere like the superhero just appears because they can do that i could totally see why people have secret identities like absolutely how about, how about um why why can't i ever remember her name christine yeah christine um how about her reaction when he's fighting <laughs> right next yeah. to where her wedding went you know and, right. and her husband is like yeah. he's oh that's geek. so he's like he's geeking nerd. out like we are and then she's just kind of like rolling her eyes kind of like really come on so todd what what were your thoughts uh who was your favorite doctor strange uh i mean probably the main plot line strange would have been i i, I just kind of liked how that kind of kind of developed out um but i i want to give a strong nod to zombie strange i thought that was yes <laughs> absolutely I, I, yeah. I loved that, especially coming off of the the what if and they had that that zombie what if and they didn't really touch on strange too much. They they kind of stayed away in that aspect. And it was it was cool to see that, hey, you know, there's still like a zombie kind of kind of strange going. That that was cool. Gavin, what do you what do you think? Um, So I'm just going to have to go with regular Doctor Strange 616 or yeah, 616 Doctor Strange. Um just because I feel like they did so much with his character in this movie. <clears throat> they did almost as much as they did with him in the first movie, really, it seemed like. Um, but I think all the Doctor Stranges were great. Like, even the, like, 838 Doctor Strange, they didn't do much with him. But just seeing this, like, almost like a... Um, he wasn't really a hero I, in a full way, is kind of what they were saying. But... Um, Defender Strange or Ponytail Doctor Strange. They didn't do a whole lot with him either, but um, Zombie Doctor Strange, I was kind of worried about him. I thought he was going to be a zombie. Like, I didn't know that it was, yeah. they were going to take that with, like, the possession sort of thing. Yeah. I uh, When when going into this, and I, I talked with Micah before seeing this film, and I said, I really hope that Defender Strange will take on their... There was a time in comics where Doctor Strange lost his his magical abilities. And instead of being Doctor Strange fighting monsters with magic and doing the whole like hand twists and things like that, he just had like medieval weapons and like he would run around and like just like beat the snot out of all these monsters with medieval weapons. He had like an axe and he had swords and shields. And I'm like, that's the kind of thing I would have loved to see Defender Strange come in with, like him just with some massive battle axe that he just starts like swinging. I'm like, that would have been cool. But just to see, like, the difference of them, I I think that if they would have continued with that Strange, that would have been cool to see him team up with different versions of himself on each Earth. But I think we're all just in general consensus that 616 was our favorite. So um, we're going to go ahead and move over to the Illuminati. The Illuminati is, in comics, has been this team up of kind of like the smartest and brightest of the Avengers, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. They have all these different team ups that kind of teamed up to safeguard humanity and all of reality from Thanos and, and anyone else who went after an infinity stone. And they all actually held one, but they kind of reimagined the Illuminati as a superhero team. So what were you guys' thoughts of this iteration of the Illuminati? And, and Gavin, I'm going to go s- start with you, bud. Um, I really liked the Illuminati in this movie. I thought it was really cool to see. Um, it was almost like a what if episode. It seemed like showing that, which I mean, I didn't love what if, but it was almost like a what if <laughs> I've been seeing that reality. And I had, I've heard for like ever since Endgame, I've heard that John Krasinski was going to play um, Mr. Fantastic. 
And they finally delivered on that. And that was really cool to see. Cause like him and even black bull, they were just really cool, which I know they didn't exactly get the most deserved endings in that movie, but well, and I'm going to push back on this. I don't know that that's the last time we're going to see either of those guys play those roles. Cause mm-hmm. I think that they're now hitting this point where you're not going to see like Daniel Radcliffe and Hugh Jackman, both playing Wolverine from different universes. I think you're going to see the same guy going. I mean, Dr. Strange, you could have had, you could have had Micah go in and play one version of Dr. Strange, me play a version of Dr. Strange, both of you guys play Dr. Strange's and had different actors play the same character. And I wonder if that's why they didn't put like Captain America in or, uh, they didn't put in Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. or with with Tom Cruise. Like they wanted to allow the multiverse to still be the same person. But like with certain roles, like Captain Carter shows up. Well, Steve Rogers is not Captain Carter. So you can still fill the same role without switching out your actors, actresses. I think they've they've gotten enough backlash with like when they replaced Rhodey or when they replaced Edward Norton uh, as the Hulk. Like there's there's been enough change. And so. I think that's that's why they didn't have some of those characters. And um, Todd, what about you? What do you think of the Illuminati? Uh, you know, kind of coming in, like I said, mentioned, kind of coming in blind to this. I really didn't get a lot of what was going on with that. Uh, okay. But I, I love John Krasinski. So seeing him. In Are you next- an office fan? I am. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. I when he showed up, did your guys's audience like stand up and cheer or anything like that? Did you guys have like loud hooting and hollering? Did you guys get that? No, we were a pretty, yeah, pretty calm crowd for that one. Oh, I, feel like, I feel like my theater was kind of like a mixed reaction, like almost like they didn't know who it was. Like it was super weird. I've been like, you know, I saw, you know, and I've seen pretty much all the Marvel projects in theaters, but like when Infinity War happened and Endgame happened, people just stood and cheered and erupted, right? Like, but it felt like half of the room kind of was like, oh, Fantastic Four. And it was like this kind of weak <laughs> reaction. And I was like, really that's it <laughs> but you know i don't know when when he showed up on screen uh we were in an imax theater and the entire room just erupted yeah. and then it did it again when charles xavier shows up and it's patrick stewart and i'm like well we all kind of knew that one was going to happen we didn't know john krasinski and, and that that fulfillment of that promise but yeah no that was i love getting to see that one so, Michael, what was your thoughts? Well, I want to answer the question and I want to ask a question, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to expect, right? Like, we kind of seen, we had seen pictures leading up to the movie, like, that. you know, one of the posts I saw on Marvel's uh, social before I went and saw the movie was like, you got to see No Way Home, you got to see WandaVision, you got to see Doctor Strange, you got to see What If. And, you know, I was like... I was wondering what the Illuminati, like the whole how the what if thing was going to play in. And then one of the trailers that they released, um, to which shout out to Will, I was glad he didn't see that before with the Captain Carter shield. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure he just lost it because Will's a huge Captain America um, to our listeners. He, you know, he does cosplay and he, he really, he's really into the Captain America thing. And to see Captain Carter, he probably just, lost his mind and a good well point. yeah um, oh yeah well right now he and i are reading a comic book limited series called captain carter and yeah. so like he and i are geeking out about that one so yeah he he was so excited yeah so you know i was cool i was really excited to see um not monica rambo but her mother play captain marvel um and then obviously uh captain carter and then patrick stewart is charles xavier but um i really didn't know a lot about black bolt until I did some reading. 
So mm-hmm. that kind of threw me off a little bit. And then obviously um, the Fantastic Four, Jordan, I actually, I thought of you when I saw that. I was like, Jordan's probably losing his mind because to our listeners, Jordan saw it about an hour after I saw it. So I, I saw it six o'clock on Thursday and I, I was about, a, so we're an hour ahead of him in the East Coast, but like he, he saw it at like, I don't know, 7.15. Seven it was 7.15 yeah. was my showing. And so, so it was I was hour. almost finished with it by the time Jordan got to start seeing it. Yeah. And so I didn't tell him anything. We didn't talk until the next day, but like, you know, I was like, I bet you Jordan's going to lose it when he sees this. So oh, man, um, I was so anything fan- Yeah. Anything Fantastic Four or Green Lantern. Um, yeah. I thought Jordan was just going to lose his mind, which he did. So um, I guess. I was okay with it. Like I wanted more from that, but obviously they only got two hours and a few minutes out of this movie, two hours and some change. But I guess my question is, I know this is the multiverse and I know there's going to be 800,000 versions of these characters, you know, supposedly, but were you okay with how Wanda kind of wiped the floor with them, including professor X? Like my wife, God bless her. Like she's the biggest X-Men fan in the world and when wanda just destroyed professor x she just looked at me and like almost like with tears in her eyes because she's like no we just got him yes i know it's a variant yes i know it's the multiverse but it was still like you just get that little bit of a taste of the x-men and then <laughs> wanda but again it made wanda look super strong and like i think that's why i'm okay with it is because yeah. it really showcased i feel like we have so often nerfed all these characters and you see like some top-notch characters come in and you're is like that your word today nerf yeah because it's I mean, that's our sponsor nerf no i'm just kidding no we, we don't have sponsors <laughs> um <laughs> no I, I feel like they, they always they they don't give them enough show for for what their power can do the hulk sure. is literally one of the strongest physical characters and i feel like he's been powered down a lot and then you saw thor ragnarok and i feel like he kind of bulked up a little bit but then he's kind of missing through the rest of Infinity War and then Endgame. He, he's not really bulk anymore. He's brains and the bronze, and he's not really using his bronze. And so you, you see all these characters who who just keep coming back. Like they try and make them more realistic. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like put them in the silly cartoon outfits. Make sure they see their powers. Like really, really like showcase these characters. Tell a good story, but like make this thing believable. Like one thing I love about Shazam is he's a funny character. And this is DC side, but, you know, in the Shazam movie, there's a spot where uh, uh, Dr. Whatever, like the bad guy, he got Mark Strong. He's he's like giving his whole rant. And Zachary Levi, Shazam's like, I think you're monologuing, but I have no idea what you're saying because I'm literally like a football field away from you. And like that that kind of like comic quit, but then they showcased a lot of his powers. And I, I loved that side to that movie. And when you go and look at Marvel, I feel like they just dumb it down really, really far that, well, yeah, Cap can like pick up a car. Cap, well, yeah, Cap is the height of, of physical human being, like without being a superhero and having all that, he's the height of human perfection. And so I was like, I feel like they just they nerf these characters and they're they're just not what they should be. And and this movie didn't do that. They really beefed up these characters. Yeah. For me, I think the Illuminati was just awesome. I I liked the the way they handled it because you go in and you see the Avengers, you see the X-Men, you see Fantastic Four, you see this culmination of these teams. And I've never seen like personally, I've never seen them be a team as the Illuminati in comics. They've always been kind of a council um and like a a think tank and i'm like this was really cool to see them all show up on titan 
And did you guys notice that Thanos was there with like a sword like sticking right through him and all that? Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah, I just I thought that was really cool and kind of to to bring Thanos back without physically bringing him back. And and Mike and I were talking about, you know, what if Magneto would have shown up somewhere in this and you would have brought would have brought Ian McKellen in. And I said, if you would have gone in, uh, I think what would have been cool is if you switch the the storyline for that universe instead of saying, hey, we're all kind of on the same track. Like if you would have been like Magneto was our villain and then like who's Magneto and then him show up in the the mainstream universe on 616 later on. I thought that would have been really, really cool. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, and, and Gavin, you might be a little too young for this one, but did you guys notice that the 90s X-Men from uh, the cartoon, that theme song showed up when Professor X rolled in? Did you guys notice that? Yes. Todd, did you notice that one? I, I did not, but I don't have that context. Um, okay. Gavin has seen the X-Men movies. I don't know if that... that, that no, it's in the cartoon. Okay, so in the 90s cartoon their theme songs were like huge power ballads and and like these massive like you go and look at pokemon like they've got this like big drum solo and then it goes into the guitar and like like it's a kid's show like why are you going so hard for a kid's show um and and when x-men came on it was this guitar and it went and they they like incorporated that and i was like okay i kind of really wish you would have done the full like full-on guitar and full-on drums and the full like the whole, like go real hard on it but they 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 brought it down and made it more mcu-ish um and it just kind of played in the background as he like rolled it or, or hovered in because he was in the hover chair and i was like i like this because he's actually supposed to be like the 97 x-men cartoon version of professor x so they they were making him more accurate to that version and i was like oh that was really cool i just didn't know if you guys had caught that i think in respect though to film score um composers i think that they will they'll write stuff on purpose you know similar to the theme that you're talking about oh yeah but they'll they'll give a they'll give a slight nod to the original composer but they won't completely rewrite it or completely do yeah the same thing over again they'll just give you little hints of that right um, and if you listen, like a great example of that is Jurassic Park. The three original oh, yeah. Jurassic Parks is John Williams, but Michael Gacchino does the Jurassic World series. And it's like, there's those little subtle hints of what John Williams did in the original trilogy. Um, and yeah, so they give you like a little bit of like, you know, and that's probably what Danny Elfman did here with, they, you get just enough to know what it is, but they, to your point, Jordan, they're not going to get carried away with like a guitar solo or anything like that. Yeah. I, I didn't like, I mean, and, in the context from, of the from scene. a fellow musician's uh, yeah. point of view, <laughs> but but for me, I'm like I understand the context. It's just one of those when they do the X Men. I really hope they do like the full guitar. Like that's how they open up because like Marvel films now are doing like when they do the the opening scene with the page flips into the Marvel Studios and they they go in and they showcase all these different characters. Um, I, I really hope that when they bring in the X Men, they really just like go hard at it and bring that. Let me let me ask this. Uh, well, I've got my uh, nerd connoisseurs on the phone or on the line with me. Um, I asked my wife this yesterday. So um, just for context, Todd and Gavin, my wife and I have been going through and watching all of the X-Men movies because I've not watched all of them, right? So I watched like the original three in the early 2000s when they happened, but I had never watched like First Class, Who's a Future Past, Wolverine, you know, Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, et cetera, um, Logan, 
And so we're going through, and I think we finished Apocalypse yesterday, which um, I, I then turned to Alicia and I said, Jordan, you and I've kind of talked about this a little bit too, but like between all the X-Men projects plus the two Deadpool movies, X-Men's got 11 projects. So what are they going to do with the MCU moving forward with the X-Men? Like, are they just going to sprinkle them in? Are they just going to make gradual appearances? I don't think that they they need to make, unless they're going to go full-blown origin stories with some of the, the characters that they haven't done yet. Because in all honesty, I don't need another Wolverine movie. I just need them to show up in an MCU movie and just be I, there. Personally, Does I that think- make sense, my question? Like, how are they going to, like, you sent me a thing a couple months back or shortly after the Thor Love and Thunder trailer aired Jordan that Storm may show up in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, like, yeah. are they just going to sprinkle them in in different movies? They're just going to show up and mutants are going to be a thing in the MCU now? Or are they going to address that and then make more projects, which I don't think that they need to make? Do, does that make sense? And how would you respond to that? Uh, you know, for me, I think that the way that I would handle the X-Men to come in is put... Because Patrick Stewart just recently came out and said, if I got to be in the MCU more, I would do, I would do Professor X. And I'm like, you put him at the height of his power on 616... Just make him where he's like kind of hiding mutants the best that he can. Yeah. And then like all these mutant events keep happening, but people forget about it because as soon as he finds out, like he kind of mind wipes people and that way, like, oh, this has actually been happening and he's older. And that way, if, if he ends up dying or whatnot, then you don't have to worry about continuing his story. You can do a funeral scene. You can do whatnot. Um, but I, I would make it where they're basically have already been there, but no one knows of their existence because Xavier's been helping. And the only reason I, I suggested that or even talked or brought that up was we finished Apocalypse yesterday. And, you know, um, again, I'm so sorry that you had to even go through that film. <laughs> I, did, I didn't care for that film at all. Well, I didn't either, but I watched it because we hadn't seen it. But that's a whole another conversation, another podcast. Ironically, Apocalypse kind of was formed in, in Egypt, which Oscar Isaacs played Apocalypse in that movie, which is crazy because he also and now he's doing Zunite, Moon Knight, yep. which is also an Egyptian origin, which is just pff, that blew my mind yesterday. Um, but uh, the reason that I kind of want that story or the X-Men story to be told within the MCU is like there's a connection between um, Wanda and Magneto. And in, in some of the comics, they, you know, voice her as uh, or him as her father. And I want them to tell that story. I don't know if they will, but I think it would be cool to do that. And they kind of tease that with, with their brother in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Um, and they brought him into WandaVision too, which is cool. So um, back to Dr. Strange. Um, see Todd and Gavin, we kind of get on these tangents. That's kind of what we do. Um, <laughs> Welcome yeah, to Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. <laughs> yes. I, I thought, you know, it was cool to hear the X-Men theme as Professor X walked. I don't know if I was a huge fan. I know what they walk. were going for. You know, he's crippled. <laughs> Actually, he walked in the alternate universe where Wanda in her head. Him. I know in her just, in her I'm head, giving you a hard time. Uh, but anyway, that was weird watching him walk too. It was. It sure was. It's just like <laughs> I'm like I watched you in a wheelchair for like four different mo- or five or six different movies. Like, please just stay in your wheelchair. But yes, I thought it was cool. I know what what they were going through and why they were. Um, or what they were going for and why they went for it with the, the older, you know, the wheelchair, the hovercraft kind of thing, because it was more accurate to the comics and to the cartoon. But yeah, I was, I don't know. I like some of the, the models that they use in some of the movies too. Yeah. Uh, speaking back to the music side, what did you guys think about the music note fight? 
between him and Sinister Strange. I see some grins over there. So we're going to go ahead and start with Todd and then I'm going to move to Gavin. But guys, what, what were your guys' thoughts about having music notes take physical form and they're just chucking them back and forth like ninja stars? So I, I, I liked it. Um, I mean, and it felt it felt kind of Sam Raimi-ish to me, which was cool yeah. because I, I, I like his stuff. Uh, but yeah, it kind of felt, yeah, it, it, it worked for me. I, I liked it. I thought it was a, it was kind of a, just a nice comical sort of play in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Gavin, what, what would you think, bud? I feel like in this movie, they didn't really do like a whole lot of like original, like Matt, like spells or um, like different magic things that he did. But the music note fight was one of those few things in there. And um, I think it was cool. It was a little silly, but. I don't know that it should have been their entire fight. That seemed a little underwhelming. Yeah, but, I, I agree with it. I feel like the it's a good starting point, but it didn't have to be like the entire fight. But I also loved when like he had his finger and he just like plucked the the uh, the harp. Mm-hmm. And like I think what really got me was it took those those tropes that you see in the horror films. And I'm not a big horror film guy, but I know those tropes that when you hear like I don't know who it was, Mike. Who, what what song was it that they started the music note fight with? Are you talking about the 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 Bach fugue? Yeah, minor? Bach. Yeah. So like when Bach's song hits, like you know, like there's something creepy about to happen. Like it's music the, major. There you go. But you know something creepy is about to happen, and I loved that. Like it changed. Like you're already in a creepy area. You know what's going to happen. Like that that strange has to make it through to get to the last fight. And you know something's going to change, but you just see, like, how he starts pulling notes off the pages. And I was kind of hoping he was going to chuck, like, music books or, like, throw the entire piano or, or something at him. Um, I was hoping for something like that, but I was absolutely okay with that. So, Micah, what were your thoughts on the music fight? It, it kind of reminds me, it's very reminiscent of, like, the old Mortal Kombat game. When you get to the final boss, you, have to, you know you're going to get to the final boss, but you have to beat somebody. So, like, I felt like that's what Dr. Strange was doing with this to get to where he needed to be. Um, which is kind of ironic because it was like a fatality, like how, how he kills the guy at the end, you know, that version of himself. And, um, but yeah, I, it was really cool. Like it, it's like they took the, the film score to a new level. Obviously it was Danny Elfman, but like they brought the music to life on the film, but use kind of the effects that they used in the first Dr. Strange movie, like with some of the, the, the movements with the screen and the visual effects with the video, like it was just really cool to see that. And obviously with being such a music fan, like it was, it was really cool. Like, yeah, it just reminded me of very, like very nineties, like horror film TV show kind of things that you would hear. Um, and it was just really cool. I thought it was just a nice touch to add something to my knowledge. I don't think that they've done anything like that in a Marvel film so far. I've never seen anything to that kind of extent with the way that they handled that. So uh, I'm going to shift gears, you know, there there was this love story between strange and christina and and comic book fans i mean i'm pretty sure they were married in most of the their stories and whatnot so what did you guys think about the love story between strange and then christina and how they kind of wrapped that that portion up what were you guys' thoughts there and i'm going to start with gavin i think that after the first doctor strange movie which you know it's been six years since that but um after that i was kind of wondering what they were going to do with you know doctor strange and christine and um, I'm glad they closed that. Like that doesn't need to be an unresolved conflict now in the movies. It's um good that that's that there's closure in that. And now, which with the post credit scene with like Clea, which that's she can kind of replace Christine now. I think. Yeah. I think it's 
in a different direction. You know, I didn't even think about the part where she goes and says, or he says, I was gone for five years. And I didn't think like, oh, how did that affect Strange with his relationship with, with Christine? Because she she didn't dust. She was there for five years and had to to mentally go through all that. I didn't even think about that side. So I, I like that, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And, and they, he can go with who, whoever. And and do you feel, now you're, you're younger than we all are. So with how many movies there are, do you feel like the love story has to be a part of the character, even if in comics that's a, a huge love interest part for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I don't think it really needs to be an integral part of his character. He's the, I feel like Dr. Strange, um, which I mean, I guess that would make a little bit of sense for him to have someone, but like just because of how detached from other people, it seems like Dr. Strange is, I think he needs someone like that just to keep him grounded. But I think it's good that they're, cutting off Christine just because that story is uh, finished. Yeah. Todd, what, what are your thoughts on, on this love story between strange and Christine and how they, they kind of wrapped that up. I liked how they did it where they kind of had Christine from the other universe. You know, he kind of almost counsels through her, you know, it's almost like a, almost like a counseling session sort of thing. I mean, not, not exactly, but um, you know, and then, you know, he doesn't really, go back and break up her marriage in the universities from or anything, you know, goofy like that. I just, I like that. They kind of, kind of brought closure to it without them having to really be together. That worked for me. I must add, I agree with the guys. Um, you know, not every love story has to end with the people together. Um, and, and, and it's kind of interesting and ironic because Thor's, you know, Thor love and thunders up the neck up next. I don't know where they're going to go with that story. But, you know, he he's went through so much as, as Thor as, you know, losing his parents and his brother and, you know, all that stuff. Right. He went through such a great um, amount of loss. I don't know if they're going to put them back together or not. But like until we saw that trailer, the assumption was that him and Jane Foster were done. Right. Like story wise, we know that you they know, broke the up. Tells a yeah, yeah. yeah, it tells a different story. So with Dr. Strange. You know, I think they do such a great job of like closing that book and, you know, just putting it back on the shelf. They told the story. They don't need to elaborate on it anymore. And yeah, I was okay with that. I don't know. I, I don't think they're done. Um, I think that 616. Well, of course not. They got to make more money. Yeah. But I, I think that 616, that, that relationship absolutely is kind of been counseled through, but I think he still loves her. And I think he kind of hit that connection with the, 838 I think is is the earth that she was from the red-haired version. Um I think that there's going to be some some crossover that maybe he'll he'll show up and have like a multiversal romance with her. I don't know that Clea will be his his love interest. I'm I'm excited to see where they go next and you know that leads into where do we think this this is going to go? Uh you know, is this going to lead to a third Doctor Strange film? Do we think we're going to see some Disney Plus series? Do we think that he's going to become like the next kind of Tony Stark or do we think that like that, that big player in the series, what, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Let's start with Todd. Uh, I mean, there, there's some things and, and I know, I know we're kind of maybe jumping places here, but uh, you know, the whole America Chavez and kind of how, you know, her story is going to play out. You know, it was very, it was interesting how they used her that you, you really don't find out a lot about her, even though she's the constant in the entire movie. Um, 
And so for, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be, you know, a series for her or if there's going to be other movies that include her and kind of develop her more, but uh, that's definitely, you know, hasn't been tied up there. They're going to have to come back to that at some point. I would like to see another Dr. Strange movie selfishly. I like the character. I don't know if that's where Disney will choose to put their money, but uh, I'd like to see that myself. I don't know that they, uh, obviously they did a, a Marvel retreat a couple of weeks ago with Kevin Feige and they talked about how they've had the, the next 10 years of Marvel movies playing through 20, uh, 2032. Um, obviously they have this planned out. Um, if you would have asked me in 2019 when Spider-Man Far From Home came out, like it felt like they were heavily on, you know, going to go with Spider-Man and kind of telling that story and him leading the Avengers and him leading the MCU and him, you know, doing this and that and the other and being the next, you know, bearer of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Doctor Strange has kind of been that stronghold. And um, it still feels like Peter Parker, Spider-Man is still pretty young. And with what happened in No Way Home, they're, um, you know, they're kind of starting over with him in a sense. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think, I think you're going to get another Doctor Strange movie. Um, I think they're setting that up. Whether they do that or not, I have no idea. Um, also, you know, with the post credit scene and even the story of America Chavez, which, you know, Todd was saying, like, they could do a Disney Plus series. They could do a small project. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could be you know, anything goes and, you know, Dr. Strange is wiser and they know him. Um, I don't want to say he's the, the strongest Avenger or like, he's not Tony Stark, obviously, but like he, he's been through it all. And so he's a veteran at this point. So, and I don't think Thor or Star-Lord or any of those guys are going to do it. So why not Dr. Strange? Gavin, what about you, bud? Um, I would, I would definitely love to see another Dr. Strange movie. And I feel like I feel like they should do another one just because Dormammu is, he is the Doctor Strange villain. It, or well, he usually is. Um, and even like Mordo, they didn't really close his. Um, yeah, they didn't even touch the 616 version of Mordo. I heard that he was originally, or Wanda was supposed to kill 616 Mordo at the beginning of the movie. Like, um, in, uh, like, like before they went into the multiverse, she was supposed to kill him. I, that's what I heard. So they still have to finish that storyline um, with like the actual evil Mordo and um, Dormammu with like Clea being his daughter. Um, I think they're going to do more with the dark dimension. And I didn't, that post-credit scene where she showed up seemed a little forced. I think the post-credit, the post-credit scene should have been Dr. Strange getting his third eye. And I, I think it should have ended there. The Clea coming in and taking him off to the third movie seemed a little forced, but I agree with you. I was talking with our friend Bama earlier today, and and he said I would have rather seen instead of him coming in and and Clea just doing their thing, or even the second post credit scene with with Bruce Campbell doing their thing. He's like, I would have rather seen because there were seven spots or six chairs plus uh, Professor X with the Illuminati. And we only got six characters in there. So there's an empty chair. And he said, I would have loved to see like Tom Cruise, Iron Man show up and be like, what the heck happened? Like, what what's going on? Where is everybody? Why is there all these bodies? And I said, honestly, I would have rather seen Deadpool show up and like just have that moment where it's like, wait, what? 
like and, and just kind of that like i don't understand how this happened but i'm gonna seek vengeance and like create a villain out of that or, or something where you create a little bit multiverse um but yeah i i think like you said the clea part was was very forced um right at that end and i i definitely agree with you i personally hope to see more dr strange because i just i love strange i think that I don't know that I would have taken him off into another adventure so quick. Um, I think I, if I was to to rewrite those two post credit scenes, I would have done kind of like how me and Bama said, like a creating another villain with the the heroes, or, or just find someone that can easily flip sides. Maybe you bring Magneto in, and like he was like your your guy who sat as a good guy, and then he's going to come to six one six and be a bad guy. Um, do something like that. But I definitely would not have started the next adventure for for Strange yet. Um, I think I would I would have taken a little bit more time because you really want to build this character even more than what he's already been built. So I I, uh, I don't even know where I would put him next. I, I I don't know that anything that's currently slated I would throw him in. I think I think I would wait until probably a third Doctor Strange film, if not bring him into like if they do an America Chavez um movie or a disney plus series i think i'd bring her in around there maybe maybe secret secret uh is it secret uh invasion yeah secret invasion i might throw him in there but just just as like a scroll dressing up as him so all right my last question as we wrap up tonight is scale of one to ten we, we typically do this at the end of episodes when we're, we're rating our films how would you rate this film and micah you're not allowed to say morbius is our one um you can't you can't nope can't say that um so one being a not great film not not something that you would recommend at all and 10 being solid fantastic film that i would i would ramp and rave i'd watch this like when i'm sick when i'm happy when i'm sad this is my go-to film so one to ten gavin how would you rate this film so this is what i rated in my in my review but i'd give it so if you're doing a scale with one being captain marvel and 10 being the Dark Knight. Um, I'd give it <laughs> five stars. So I don't seven think you made a friend with Micah. So you you said a seven out of ten. Seven, yeah, yeah. Okay, about a seven out of 10. solid answer. What about you, Todd? Uh, I'll give it an eight. An eight, Micah. He had to say that about Captain Marvel. I don't understand why Captain Marvel gets such grief on this podcast. <laughs> like Morbius was way worse. Than Captain Marvel. Not a chance. About being. I didn't see chance. Anything, so it, don't waste your time, Gavin. It was no, a terrible film. Totally worth going to see. <laughs> um, I would probably say seven, seven and a half, or eight, like somewhere in in that ballpark. Um, I'm thinking about going to see it again tomorrow on my day off, uh, just to give it another uh, a viewing. Um, I know Will. We'll see it twice. If not I think we'll see it twice, and he said he's got one more in him to go see it again. Um, to Todd and Gavin, Will's kind of nuts when he, <laughs> he goes and sees these movies several times. I think he saw No Way Home five times and he saw Batman three. Um, he's just, he's a big fan. So yeah, seven, seven, seven and a half, eight, if I'm being generous. For me, I think I would throw it an eight. I, I think that it's, it hit my top five list of, of MCU films. And we were talking about this earlier today. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go into an episode at some point with a round table of, of what our favorite MCU films are and, and whatnot. But I think it, it's definitely in my top five. I, I'm not a horror fan. And, and that was one of the questions we were going to talk about, but just with time, uh, we're just not going to, but you know, it was, it was talked about. This is going to be a big horror film. And I just, I didn't 
I was not scared by this film. It was one of those like it kind of kind of got me like it, it hit some emotions and I, I've tensed up a little bit because I was like, oh, where are they going with this? But it wasn't this whole like like Nightmare on Elm Street or it wasn't like something that's going to scare the snot out of me. It wasn't like when I was like five watching Jurassic Park or The Mummy, which both of those films are very laughable now as a 27 year old, um, just with some of the things. But no, I just I think it was a great film and I definitely would recommend it. So, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But guys, thank you again for for joining us and. Uh, for all of our listeners, if you haven't started uh, paying attention to our TikTok channel, we encourage you to do that. We're pushing out content all the time. Uh, we're going to try and, and get things going up for the summer. We've got a few ideas in the, in the works, and we will let you guys know as it happens uh, what we're working on. And so, guys, we will catch you next week on Nerd Talk. Mm-hmm.